That's such a good song. We like this song in case you can't tell. It's just like a, it's got a vibe to it. It's groovy. It is. It's very nice. I like it. <laughs> we like groovy. <sighs> Hello, people of the world. Yeah. Welcome back. It's, uh, we're late. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're late. That's not the story of our life. No, it really isn't. Uh, <clears throat> the word that describes us would be busy. So we, uh, if I don't leave something out, we had revival Sunday morning, Sunday night, Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night. Savannah went to a wedding on Thursday. I met her Thursday night at the wedding for on Friday was the wedding. Saturday, we started a section. Uh, children's, children's crusade, crusade thing weekend. with Jumping Josh Combs, which he's awesome. Uh, if anybody out there is looking for a great children's evangelist and somebody to come to your church, and it, he's incredible. I've known him for uh, a, quite a few years, and he is always amazing and does incredible with kids. But we had that Saturday. Uh, we didn't make it back in time because we were several hours away at the wedding, and so we were traveling all day Saturday. And we come and we back. We needed a costume for Sunday because, <laughs> yeah, because it was blast from the past. Blast so from the past. Dress is your favorite decade Dick or the decade you're from. Thing, whatever. Whatever. Yeah. We and were on the struggle bus with that. That's um yeah seems like an understatement. Just because of how busy the week was, our intention was to do something that week, but we got so we busy. For stuff. Yeah, we got but so we busy. But we never picked something. It was ridiculous. <laughs> so Sunday was that and. Tonight is Monday, and uh, we just decided that we were just going going to record tonight and not push it off any further. Um, normally, I would do them all on Fridays or record it before and release them on Friday, um, but we didn't get a chance to. We were just super busy. So, sorry to all the people who were looking for it. You better <laughs> been looking for it anyway. No, I'm just kidding. No, uh, if we, you weren't, it's fine, too. Yeah, it's okay. I'm not offended. Yeah, me either. <laughs> just a little bit. Cody's I'm probably a, more. I need to go through the <laughs> overcoming offenses class in our church. Um, no, uh, a thank you to everybody who's been supporting us. Uh, we really do feel the love very much. Um, if you haven't and you've been listening, it would be awesome if you just leave a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. I'm going to try to leave some questions on the Spotify um, podcasting one. It's really, we use Anchor. It's kind of like a podcasting thing through Spotify. So I'm able to do a little bit more on Spotify's podcasting side than I am Apple, but whatever you listen on, just thank you for your support. Um, they definitely heard you zipping up that. On the, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, up I'm your a fidgeter. fidgeter. Um, so we're going to talk about something today um, that when you say the word, it's like, bam, bam. It's like, you know what I'm talking about when I say it. Um, but I feel like it's a necessary topic. What do you think, Savannah? Yeah, it's essential to our walk with God, yeah, to your personal relationship, but also as an example to others or to those who maybe don't know God. It's something that helps you stick out. Um, yeah, so today we're talking about drama, please. Uh, I'm not going to do that because I'm, <laughs> I'm going to embarrass myself. <laughs> holiness. I'm just going to say it. That's holiness. <laughs> and so, but it's kind of a, a unique conversation to have because 
when someone says holiness, they immediately think standards. Rules. Yeah. Regulations. Yeah. A bunch laws. of do's, do nots. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and though that is included is not what it's about. We want to talk about of, a different approach to it. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I had been, uh, doing a course online, um, and brother, actually Dr. David Bernard was doing it, uh, on holiness and talking about some of those things and, and talking about the whole aspect of it. And I thought the really cool thing and the really interesting thing he said, uh, was it, even though outward appearance and outward dress is such a noticeable part is not really the most vital part because he said there are very many people that dress the part and they think they're living holiness, but they're Mm -hmm. not really holy because they're still angry at their brother or hate their brother or have bitterness and unforgiveness in their heart towards those who've done them wrong. And, um, one of the things that just me, I'm a man, so I, I kind of see holiness from a different lens as far as I'm not spoke to at a lot of times about dress. Like I feel like women get talked about holiness Mm -hmm. too. Yeah. Like when it's usually two women, it's usually about dress. Well, because that's the first thing they notice. Well, yeah. And yeah, a lady. Yeah. And so, uh, but I think the important thing to know about holiness would be not so much about the rules or the do do nots or the outline points of what we kind of show our separation from Mm -hmm. but what we're showing our dedication to and i said something to you savannah the other day about the word holiness comes from a word like it's not just all by itself standing alone just like any other word isn't like the Mm -hmm. etymology of words i'm one day i'll be a phd doctor i'm sure (laughs) no i won't you Um, gotta go to school for that Darn, I'm not not doing that again. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. Um, But the etymology of words, there's always roots to all of the words and how they're done and how they're come together. Um, And I think it's important to recognize that uh, holiness comes from a word which is wholeness. It's about being whole. Mm Mm-hmm. And when you say God is holy, it is because he's holy, not just H-O-L-Y, but W-H-O-L-L-Y, is he is holy God, not just as in pure, undefiled, but he is completely without fail, without a match, undisputed. He is completely and holy, the one true living God, which makes him holy. I think that's what kind of is important about holiness for a Christian. It doesn't matter if you're apostolic, you're Baptist, Church of Christ, you're whatever. I think it's important to recognize that holiness is an attribute of you being whole Mm -hmm. with God, as in the scripture. Complete. Be holy as As I am am holy. holy. We will never obtain the same kind of holiness or the same level of holiness as Christ. Right. As God. Because he's God. Duh. And so. That'll never happen. In the wise words of Brother Paul Mooney, he says in his Christology class, God is God and I am not. Did you just flex your IBC? Yeah. Wow. I'm wearing the sweatshirt right now. (laughs) (laughs) Two for two. (laughs) (sighs) Well. That was a great class. Yeah, I bet it was. I wanted to go to Indiana Bible College. 
Well, whatever. <laughs> so, but I mean, from your perspective, but I never had. I don't know that I've ever heard it said that way of being whole in God. Never heard that perspective. Well, that's just how I perceived it because I grew up not in organizational uh, theology and doctrine. And I don't mean that in like I was in a better place or worse place. I just didn't have that same teaching Mm -hmm. as like a young child. Like now in our church, which is amazing, we're taught these things and we're teaching our kids these things from a very young age. Yeah. Um, But for me, I wasn't taught those things from a young age. I I really searched them out myself and I've seen what so many people hated about people who preach holiness, which is, oh, because you dress like that, you think you're better than me. And I got to witness like people that really did do that. They dress like that and they still, and they thought they were better than everyone else or whatever. And then I've seen people who dress like that, that that was their commitment and dedication to God. Like it truly should be. And I seen the difference in their attitudes and I realized that holiness wasn't just about what I wear. It is included, but it's not just about it, but it's a complete a wholeness mm-hmm. inside of yourself with your relationship with Christ. Your insides must match your outsides. Well, yeah. Especially if you're, you could dress like inappropriately and still have a pure heart, but ultimately it's, it doesn't yes. equal up to what it should be. And I think as apostolics. Same, the opposite way. And I think as apostolics, that grace that we should give other people for yeah. that, that maturity, that not everybody's on the same journey. Granted, if you've been in church for 30 years, you've been dedicating, truly dedicating mm-hmm. your heart and life to God. There should be some maturity in some of those other areas. Yeah. But someone who's been in it 30 days, like. They have the, no idea about some things. Correct. They're, 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 they're spiritual babies. Correct. They're getting over their addictions. Yeah. They're getting over their mindset and their heart. And even some people who've been in it for five years. Yeah. You know, true. And you can't put a time on it. Uh, You're right. For lack of better words, they're five years old in their walk with God. And whenever yeah. you think of a five-year-old, you know, they don't know all their letters. They don't know all their numbers. They don't really know how to read yet. And so you kind of have to put into perspective. They don't have all their ducks in a row. Some people do. But like you said, everyone's journey is very different. Some people, it's easy to be dedicated. Some people can be sold out in in a year and be completely loose from all things that they were addicted to or partook in before God changed them. And so. It can happen for some people, but not everybody. And so it's important to realize that everybody is on different journeys and we are not their judge. Correct. Yep. We got to be there to hold them by the hand and help them and teach them. We support them when, and yeah, love them. Exactly. And walk with them. Protect them when they're hurting. Mm-hmm. Cry with them. Laugh with them. And protect them from false doctrine because you don't know how many people I've seen with good intentions to dedicate themselves to the Lord. And because we weren't there to lead them truly, like as a baby, as a child of God, that's fresh into the spirit and fresh into the relationship with God, false doctrine allowed was allowed to get in their life. And though they may seem like good Christian people, 
they're in false doctrine yeah. of believing some crazy stuff. And it just breaks my heart. It makes me feel like I've missed it. And I did. And I pray the Lord grants mercy to me and to them of just not knowing. Um, but that's why I say it's one of those things that I think people need to um, need to take a good look at and good idea uh, at as far as or get a good idea of what it truly means of holiness um, because it's something that I think has got a, a bad name. Um, something that's kind of unique is that most Christian religions in the world, even in America started with holiness. I mean, Methodists were some of the strictest in the early, early mm-hmm. days. And so it's not a strange word. Um, conservative holiness and that conservative ideas are not, are not strange to our country or not strange to our churches. Um, but I think that they've got a bad rap lately just because of, because of that, the enemy trying to sow seeds yeah. to stop us well, from even, being dedicated to God. Even like rules or like laws that mm-hmm. we have in our country that we are to follow, whether they're, you know, laws by our United States government or laws within our city or county, whatever it may be. We're surrounded by laws and we currently live in a world where people do what they want. And that's like, Mm -hmm. YOLO, you only live once, a.k.a. do what you want in the moment so you can feel good, so you can feel, be the hype person, so you can fit in, so you can look like you're on top of the world. So like, but those rules and laws that we have are there to guide us. They're there to protect us. They're there to... If we didn't have them, we, our world would be in utter chaos. Mm-hmm. Every country has them and ultimately their leaders think that that's what's best for them. And so yeah. as a Christian, we should want uh, guidelines to live by and not because we, they're forced upon us. They absolutely are not forced upon us. But if you want to go to heaven, you have you have to sacrifice some things. And sometimes it's not about us. Mm-hmm. It's not about what we want. Ultimately, our lives are, we are here. We are put on earth to serve God, to reach yeah. others in, and to show God's love so that we all can go to heaven. And so I, I feel passionate about holiness just in the way that it's absolutely not about us. And so we have to, Put aside ourselves sometimes, which is not what the world encourages you to do. Put aside your desires and your wants and focus your eyes upon the Lord and focus your heart. And and whenever you do that and whenever some people have to really train themselves to do that, but it's totally necessary. It's totally Mm -hmm. something that you can accomplish. And then once you do those, all of a sudden that becomes your passion. That becomes your life goals to live pleasing to God. And so it's, it's necessary. It's important. It's what God intends for us. 
So, yeah. <laughs> like, well, I mean, like, why not do it? Yeah. You well, know? It, and that's kind of, I think, where a lot of, you know, people who start on a journey of holiness um, in any aspect, inside, outside, it's important for all of us, whether you've been in it a long time or not, you're not just separating from the world. It's not just a be separate. Yeah. But there's also a be holy. So you have to separate from, but you have to dedicate yourself to. I heard the wonderful Reverend Mark Brown say, what you remove, you must replace or it will return and it will bring revenge. Yeah. And that is so very and, true. I mean, if you put it in the most extreme situation, if you're addicted to pornography and you try to take it away or like remove it from your mm-hmm. life because you know that that's not of God, which it absolutely Correct. is yes. not of God. You should replace it with something else, whether it's you have to reading your Bible or whether it's, you know, you listen to, uh, I don't know. You listen to James Wilson album for an hour rather than <laughs> watching yes. an hour of pornography. Yeah. I mean, that's a little tiny example example i don't even know. but you have to replace it because yes. just removing it just leaves dead space but and gives space for you the have enemy to fill it with something that's godly yeah or else it'll return yeah it will return and it'll come back stronger mm-hmm. and more powerful mm-hmm. and could potentially destroy you correct yeah exactly well for one god will not be mocked so his grace shall not be mocked and his mercy will not be mocked and sometimes with our lives we live a life of mockery yeah because we crucify him with flesh, and that's and, a well, sad, sad. And ultimately, place we don't even know it sometimes. I realize, and that it. makes him even more merciful than we realize, and more grace, grace, gracious. If I can get the words out, than we realize. Yeah. God is so, so good. He's good to us. He's good to others. I know just from personal experience, he's been very good to us, and not because we have nice things or because we were fortunate enough to be able to buy a house or. We were fortunate enough to be able to pay off a car or whatever. It, it's not because of that. It's because even through our downfalls and our insecurities, he still is good to us and still speaks and uses us, mm-hmm. even when we're not worthy. I've seen him show mercy and love to people. That, to be honest, my whole life, I was taught that if you did that, God just wasn't just going to, God just wouldn't answer it, right? God just wouldn't provide. And I've seen God come through for people that, didn't come through for him. Or in our eyes, sometimes we feel like don't deserve it. God still chooses to bless them because mm-hmm. he is merciful. Exactly. And ultimately, God wants our glory and he wants our praise and he mm-hmm. wants us to live for him. And so sometimes he shows us mercy when we don't deserve it or Absolutely. grace when we don't deserve it or love or favor when we don't yeah. deserve it. So living a life of holiness isn't so that I can wear the nicest suit on the planet and walk mm-hmm. in a general conference or you the most expensive dress, sparkly dress, whatever, braiding your hair with the, you know, the coolest hairstyle on the planet. I mean, those things are good and great, you know, in their own <laughs> right, but that's not what holiness is. Yeah. Holiness is an attribute of being wholly devoted to the Lord. And I think that, and so what you said earlier is a good point, though, I think does need to be talked about, about how our world's so divisive and how it is intentionally going against whatever would be a dedication, not just to the Lord, but to authority in general. And I think there's a mass, it's not, okay, 
not going to get in the pandemic of COVID, but there's another pandemic in this world. It's a pandemic of rebellion against pastoral authority. I've been very adamant about pastoral authority for many years of my life. There are people that know how I feel about pastoral authority. I think it's absolutely necessary for you to have a pastor in your life and for you to be committed to it. Does everything my pastor do, is it exactly what I think is perfect? If he's listening, <laughs> yes. But, if it, <laughs> but seriously, maybe not in the moment. And I've told him, man, you've been in the meetings with me and him when we've talked. I've told him there's been things he's asked of me specifically because you're perfect, but there's been things he's asked of me or said, this is what I'm trying to do. And it would be months down the road. And I would feel frustrated and thinking that I had that and realizing that I didn't. And so I'm thankful for a pastor who challenges me and pours into me. Now here's something for those who are like, well, my pastor don't pour into me, get in a position, not like, not, not a, assistant pastor, not a worship pastor, not a, I'm talking about get in position as in humility, humble yourself and submit yourself Be submissive, and go straight to them and say, I am submitting myself to you. I want your anointing and your covering to cover me. Doesn't mean I don't get to go to lunch every day with pastor Cornelius. I would, I would like that, but I don't, my job wouldn't let me do it. His job as a pastor wouldn't be wise from him to do that. So it's not like we get this tremendous amount of one-on-one time, it's about me being in a position as in humility and humility and submission that I'm always listening for wisdom that he's giving. Or when I have a question I ask too. When you've made comment of being open and being willing to be poured into. Mm -hmm. And sometimes if you, if you make that plea known, your pastor will see. Oh, absolutely. Like, okay, this person really is wanting some extra attention and not for the sake of negative attention, but for the sake of they're wanting to learn, they're wanting to grow as an individual, Mm -hmm. as a disciple of God, as a Christian, they're wanting to grow. And more times than not, your pastor will absolutely absolutely take you under their wing. But it's also important to notice that you can't have that the rest of your life. Because there was another minister that talked to uh, a group of ministers and it was one of the most profound things I'd ever heard. And then I'll get back to what I was going to say a second ago and I'll get off my rabbit trail. (laughs) But he said, I used to be really close to my pastor. And he said, our church started growing. I couldn't be. And that really hurt me. And I thought, God, I hope that never happens you know, like, and then he, but then he said, right after I thought that, he said, then I realized God was calling me to be that for someone. And so many times we want to be poured into by our pastor, which is great, which is awesome. You stay submitted no matter what, even after. But sometimes there's your pastor is poured into you so that you can be that. So you full can pour into others. To pour into others. Well, and then it's a ripple domino. Exactly. Effect. And that's a growing church. Yeah. Because. There's not a growing church if the pastor's only one pouring and investing in people. We have to have the church body together, some people standing up and being leaders and saying, I'm going to be whole in my relationship with God. I'm going to embody true holiness and I'm going to submit to my pastor. So this is what I was going to say while ago is that I've been around a lot of churches in my life. When I say a lot, I mean a whole lot, hundreds, hmm. if not thousands of churches. And that's saying a lot because I didn't, like I said, I didn't grow up around 
organization. It was all independent churches, and I love every one of them. And I've seen a lot in that, or and a lot in organizations too, which will say, okay, pastor, if that's what standards or holiness is, I'm not even going to say standards no more because that's not really what it is, holiness. If that's what holiness is, prove it in the Bible. Right? Okay, I hate, I hate that. I know we're living according to the Bible and God's word is true. But the reason I hate it is because you're telling your pastor that. You're telling a pastor that or a minister of God's word that. That's so rude. It is rude, Sorry. disrespectful. <laughs> yes. But on another level, my brain immediately goes, is that what the Corinthians should have said to Paul? Hmm. As he was physically writing the epistle. Well, Paul, show me that in the Bible. Show me that in the Old Testament. Not knowing that they are a part of the inspirational like, oh, word of God as it's been it written. Right yeah, now. right. Exactly. <laughs> let me just, let me just yeah. scribble it in. And I'm not saying we're writing, but Bible does say we're living epistles. So we are writing our own story, our own life, and our own testimony for others. So Pastor Cornelius told me this, and I thought it was a profound statement when, when you're kind of faced with this predicament mm-hmm. of show me in the Bible or show me where that scripture, you know, and I, I get where people are coming from with that, but I do think that that's not the right place to be. It should be a willingness. Well, and some people are curious. Yes, that's true too. Uh, I guess I shouldn't always be negative about it. Well, no, but but, I mean, even like, mm, I'm just going to say it. Okay. Right now, like beards are super popular. Mm -hmm. Um, And a lot of churches don't really like them. Yeah. There's nothing. Well, and that's a good topic about what I'm about to say too. There's like nothing specific in the Bible. Uh, There is a scripture. Oh, tell me. Way out of context. And Ezekiel <laughs> says, cover not thy lips. But it's way out of context. <laughs> that is really not even what that means. <laughs> I'm not but, even going to act okay, like that. <laughs> so then ultimately, there's like no, you know, it's not a part of the Ten Commandments. Yeah. Thou shalt not have a beard. Like, yeah, whatever. And in that culture, it was different mm-hmm. than, well, we like our culture now. So right now it's like, it's trendy. Have a beard. Yeah. You know, but well, I can't grow one, so I can't do that. Uh, sorry, Cody. But ultimately, if your pastor says, please, if you're going to be used on the platform, I would prefer you not to have a beard. Then be Or if sub- he's not as nice as you yeah. are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> be he might not say it like me. Well, and, but- that's, and that's the point is because Pastor Cornelius, what he told me was how he's had to approach it was that every church is different. Just like yeah. the Corinth church was different. Every pastor is different. Than the church at Ephesus. Exactly. Per- different personalities, different. And God gave an angel uh, of the church, which yeah. was a, a symbolism of the pastor of the church. So like, and every angel was different and every church was different, you know? And Pastor Cornelius told me, I took the approach that Moses did when God told Moses, hey, I want you to go build a fence where the mountain starts. So he's like, okay, hmm. you tell me where the mountain starts. You go to any mountain and tell me where it starts. Mm-hmm. Somebody's going to say here. Somebody's going to say way over there. Somebody's going to say up here and back there. And then, some, and, then, wide variety and then somebody's going to say, I don't know. Let's just not even build the fence. <laughs> right. And so someone's going to build a fence every yeah, step of the way. Exactly. And so he said, but the problem or not the problem, the commandment was given to Moses to build the fence, not the people. So Moses' responsibility was not to come and say, okay, where do you, where does all couple million of y'all feel like the fence should be? Where's the mountain start? No, it was Moses' responsibility to tell them where it started. God didn't even tell Moses where the mountain started. Hmm. 
So it's important that we understand that God says, you put the fence there. You put the boundary there as the man of God. Well, and, and then the, it's on the man of God. Yeah. It's on the angel of the house. When he is our shepherd. And, and so that's the point. When you are submissive to your pastor, you are willing and people to be obedient. People don't him. get like the anointing that comes with that and the power that comes with that. If you feel called to ministry, one of the most amazing things today, you know, being Monday, uh, Brother Nate Whitley, I don't know if you read that today. He put out about a young minister and talked about, I think it was him. I want to say it was him or maybe somebody else. I don't remember. I'm backtracking now because I don't remember. It said, you are not called to preach. Oh, that's not. That's I not read a that calling. Line, but yeah, I think it was somebody scrolling. else. I don't think it was him, but Brother Nate Whitley stuff was amazing. But it said, you're not called to preach. You need to choose one of the five gifts that God gave the church to edify it. Mm. Like, which one are you? Are you an evangelist? Are you a pastor? Are you a teacher? Are you an apostle? You know, which one are you? Yeah. And so I, I thought that was so amazing because a lot of times as young ministers, we think, oh, I feel called to preach and we need to go tell our pastor, I feel called to preach. And he hands us a broom. Right. Hmm. That's like the big thing. Like, are you submitted? Are you willing to yeah. sweep? Are you willing to unclog toilets before you get a microphone? Well, because but ultimately, like leading on the platform yeah. or in a pulpit is not exactly where most people start. Well, that's not even, I mean, that's think, n- just think about pastors. not even the goal. Just think about pastors. Even if they're full time or bivocational, whichever, let's just say it's a full time pastor. He's preaching. Sunday morning, an hour, Wednesday night, maybe an hour, maybe hour, 15 minutes. If he's, if he's teaching a lengthy series, that's like two and a half hours max a week. He's behind a pulpit with a microphone, but that that's that's, minute in the amount of stuff that your pastor does. And that our pastor does hospital visits, taking phone calls, meeting with people, maintaining the church, maintain that submissiveness to them. Yeah. Uh, because the anointing that flows, because God's anointing flows to your pastor and from there to the people that are under him and submitted to him and his family. So it's absolutely important to put yourself in that position. I know for a fact, me saying this, I've been here, done that a million times already. I know me saying this and us talking about this, we're going to be tested on this. Mm-hmm. So if you truly submit, all of you out there listening, if you truly submit yourself to your pastor and to the authority in your church and to God, obviously to God first, because that comes with it. You will be tested on it. Your pastor is going to tell you no, or going to say something that you disagree with or that you don't think is the best decision. And it's important, not that you just, there's a difference between being submissive and being ran over Hmm. Mm -hmm. because that's not the same. Being submissive is that I have a different opinion and I think I'm right. but I'm still willing and respectful. Yes. And yes, exactly. Exactly. And then being respectful and it well, is hard and- for most people, including myself. And I don't mean that like I'm some outrageous rebellious person that every time pastor says something or someone in authority tells me something, I'm like, I disagree with you and think you're wrong. That gets you nowhere. <laughs> if you no, keep doing it that. <laughs> well, it doesn't get you nowhere anywhere the first time, but I think that's an important part of being Holy though. Well, and how can you truly be holy if you're not doing these things? I mean, even being submissive to your pastor, even if your pastor is wrong on something that in your heart, you absolutely truly feel is wrong. Mm -hmm. And there were times not sinful. Yes. Yeah. Not sinful. Being a pastor's daughter, there were plenty of times where I'm like, dad, no, (laughs) just no, just no. (laughs) Yeah. 
But my mom taught me this lesson at a very young age, and it really had to do with my dad being my pastor, was that even if your pastor is wrong, if you feel like he's wrong about something, like whether it's his approach on something or how he handles something, which are very, like, can come up any time. If you will pray for your pastor, if you will surrender your feelings to God about it, God, God always will take care of it. And whether it's that he changes your heart or he makes the situation right. Mm-hmm. But when the more that you pray for someone, the more that you will grow to love them. Yeah. And that goes for any situation on anything. If yeah. there's someone you absolutely can't stand, if you will pray for them and pray for them and pray for them and pray for them, even when you don't want to, you will grow to love them. And so, you know, being submissive to your pastor goes a long way in holiness, but being s- submitted to your spiritual authority. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's been times that a minister has come up to me in our church and said, hey, this this happened. I want to let you know, is everything okay? Is something going on? As a minister, it's not a good idea to be that way. And not one second did I say or think even, who are they? My thought was, oh, gosh, I didn't. And I'm not trying like, not trying to build myself up, boast myself like I handled it well. I'm t- I'm saying as in you got to position yourself in that manner, though, that people of all kinds, not just your pastor, but especially your pastor. But in being holy, I think in walking in holiness, it's got it's got to be that way of being submitted to the Lord and to your pastor and spiritual authority in your life. Um. And that comes, I think a big part of, and this is a really mature form of holiness. I think that the church does need to get to as a whole. And I don't normally say stuff like that, hmm. but I, I think, I do think it's becoming, it has some to it. you know, it's, it's, it, it's becoming a problem that I'm really seeing is if we would stop assuming, assuming motives, assuming ideas of what people are trying to get to. I found myself even at times assuming other people's motives and being wrong. Yeah. You know, and what decision they made and thinking, oh, well, this is the reason why they made that decision or whatever. And I'd be wrong. And even if I was right, what good did it do me? Because I end up, and that's what assumptions will allow bitterness in. It will. And this is how, and this is how it's because you assume somebody's doing something a certain way for a certain reason. Whether you're right or you're wrong, you are already forming an opinion and something is sowing in your heart about that person or about that idea or that thing. Mm-hmm. So I think being whole in who you are and rounding yourself out in the Lord is important. Reading your Bible is part of holiness. Reading, praying is part of holiness. Being an example on the inside and the outside. The last thing we can talk about is how the inside affects the outside of being holy. And walking in holiness. And I said this to you the other day. It's like someone who drinks most of their life. I've seen this a few times in my lifetime. People who's drank for 30 or 40 years. When they get or longer and they drank a lot, 
their liver starts going bad, mm-hmm. you know, cirrhosis of the liver and all that, it starts turning their skin yellow. Their eye, the whites of their eyes turn yellow or reddish or whatever. So even in the natural, though we don't, though we say my heart's pure, again, not not speaking of people that are on a different journey. I'm speaking of people who refuse anything on the outside that's saying it's not important or it's not part of holiness. I refute that by saying even nature teaches us, teacheth us. And that's what Paul said about men having long hair. But I think the approach was the same. Nature teaches us that the more bad you put in your body, your outside will eventually, it may not be 10 years, it may not be 20, it may be 30 or 40 years, yeah. but the outside will start showing the things that are going on in the inside. That makes sense. If I eat fried chicken every day of my life, it's going to be real. Now, fried chicken and laying on the couch, they put it that way. <laughs> right? And I don't mm-hmm. go to work. You're going to know real fast what I, what's on the inside. Yeah. Because it's going to start showing. Yeah. Right. Sure. And so and it's the same with the woman who becomes pregnant. What's on the inside eventually starts showing on the outside. So it's important that we understand what we put in, whether it's music or whether it's what, whatever it is, negative ideas or negative thoughts or negative things about your pastor. You may think, well, I have a pure heart. My heart's in the right place. I love God and God knows I love him. And it's my relationship with God. Yes, it's your relationship with God. But it's that separation from the world. Everything that looks like the world. Abstain from all appearance of evil. It's when you separate from that and dedicate all of that to God. You know what's crazy? The first thing people do when they backslide is they change their whole appearance. <laughs> With girls, it's usually their hair. That's the first thing. To- yeah, but I mean, that. but I thought it wasn't important. Mm-hmm. But it's the first thing that, that the world changes about you. When you leave the church, it's the first thing the world wants to change about yeah. you. And so it's absolutely important that holiness is recognized on the inside and the outside. That is a wholeness of your relationship with God. It's a completeness of your walk with God. It's taking each step intentionally. I think that's important. I mean, because it's something that has a bad rap, you know? especially amongst Pentecostals or apostolics. Like if, if you're a person who thinks you're all high and mighty because you dress good or you dress right or you live a holy life. You got a new thing coming. Yeah, change it, please. Well, don't give like, all of us the bad rap. God, yeah. don't, jeez. Well, and it's important that we, we bring it around. You know, we need positivity, but we need, like you said, we need wholeness. We need people to be full. We need people to be complete and, and you, you can't find it in the things that are of this world. Absolutely. So um, all, all of you listening, if you get a chance after listening to this, well, pray about it. Ask the Lord about it. Talk to him about it. But talk to somebody. Reach out to your pastor. Reach out to a spiritual authority, a friend. Youth leader. Or youth leader, youth pastor. Someone in your youth staff, uh, whatever. If you got a praying mama. Yeah. If she's not even your <laughs> biological mama. Absolutely. And it, and if you still can't think of someone, which you should be able to, reach out to us. We're here for you. And you know what we're going to do? We'll say, let's talk about it. We're going to talk about That's it. That's what it is. <laughs> so hope you enjoyed today. Um, 
you guys enjoyed it, just please share it on social media for us if you don't mind. Just get this out. I think the world needs to hear the truth. The world needs to talk about some issues that we are silencing as the church. So let's talk. See you next time. Bye. Let's talk about it. (laughs) Mm-hmm. <laughs>